coming to you live from a basic mountain, but an infinity basic mountain. So it's a spacic mountain. It's Tap Tap Concede. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Tap Tap Concede. Uh, once again, I am Kathleen, and I'm here with our guests from the Unfinity PPR. Uh, going from my left, your right, if you're watching, and whatever side you want to append to this setup, if you're only listening, we have Megan from Good Luck High Five. We have Maria from Good Hello. Luck High Five. And we have Wizards of the Coast senior designer, Mark Rosewater. <laughs> Yay. If you're watching and or listening, you can apply your own clapping. Yay. I'll supply some for you. Here, here you go. Uh, and we have a variety of fun and delightful questions. As we know, uh, when we have these guest questions, we like to ask what I call five hot pepper spice level questions. So stay tuned for some incredibly controversial takes. But before I get to that, a big thank you to our sponsors, CardKingdom.com. We couldn't do what we do without the support of our wonderful sponsors, and one of whom is inexplicably still CardKingdom.com. And if you like what you see and you want to tell them that you like what we see or what you see, that you like us, tell them you like us, uh, you can do that by using our affiliate code and by saying, Loading Ready Run sent me button, please, when you make an order. And right now, if you get a button, it's going to say Card Kingdom, a constitutional monarchy of cards, because they told us, well, they didn't like tell us we couldn't put that on a button. And <laughs> <laughs> Great. So many oversights in that contract. Anyhow, the other thing that we can't do uh, without is your support of our Patreon, patreon.com. So thank you so much. Uh, giving us money at Patreon is a great way to pay for the lights and for our wages and our rent on our office and all of the cool cameras and equipment and stuff that, you know, makes this show. Uh, and thank you to James, who's running tech for this episode. So first off... We gotta talk a little bit about Infinity. Yes, we yeah. Must. yeah, it's why we're here. <laughs> so I am very excited. I have not really like, like I mean, obviously it's not even out yet. This is pre pre PR. The this is pre 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 release. Pre 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 release. So I haven't played it or even like seen any of the cards in person yet, and I am really excited. But Mark, yes. as somebody who is literally on every team for Infinity, from like. You know, I, I've led all the unsets, yes. Yes, but yeah. so what's if if somebody is what what's tell us a little bit about the set if somebody is listening to this for the first time and is completely unaware of what Unfinity is and why it's great. Okay, so basically the idea of unsets is there's a spectrum of magic. On one end is the high end competitive part of magic that if you want to go to tournaments and have serious play and win the Pro Tour and be world champion, you like you can do that. Um, but there's the other end of the spectrum, which is a casual, friendly, social. You're like, magic's fun that I just enjoy playing it and having a good time. And there's a lot of cool designs that we can't do because of tournaments. Oh. Either they don't exactly work in the rules or they involve things like dexterity or talking to other people or things that are fun. But, you know, we don't want like the world championship depending upon it. Uh, and so the idea of the unsets is it just lets us explore this casual side of the game. Because one of the great things about Magic is you get to make it the game you want to be. And if you want it to be very serious, hey, great, you can do that. But if you want to have a lot of fun and do a lot of kooky, fun things, you can do that as well. And that's what the unsets are trying to do. 
So Infinity is the latest of the unsets, the fourth of the unsets, uh, and we try to make a top-down unset. So what we do is we take things we apply to a normal magic set, uh, top-down, like, for example, Indistrata with top-down Gothic Horror, Throne Eldraine with top-down Fairy Tales, Theros with top-down Greek Mythology. So we decided we were going to apply that to an unset. Uh, so what basically happened is I went to... Um, my art director named Dawn Mirren. She had done art directing for Unstable. And I said to her, I want to do a top-down set. I want to come up with something cool that we can build around that we wouldn't do somewhere else because obviously if we do somewhere else, let's do it somewhere else. Uh, so we went away for a week. We came back. She said, I would love to do a retro science fiction set. Uh, the idea is science fiction is seen through the lens of the past, like the 50s and 60s. I said I've always been fascinated by the idea of doing the tropes of the circus, carnival, amusement park. And we said, let's just do both. So that's what we ended up. So it's a space carnival. So the idea is uh, this is set aboard uh, Myra the Magnificent's Intergalactic Astratorium of Fun, which is a <laughs> space carnival that travels around the galaxy going from planet to planet. Uh, and it is a high-octane uh, amusement park that has all sorts of things. Um, Myra prioritizes having a great time over, you know, things like safety. But it is really an exciting <laughs> park. Uh, and it is it is a humorous thing. I mean, one of the things that we do with the Unsets is we play up the lighter side of magic. And that's not just in the gameplay, but also in the names and the art and the flavor text. And so it is a very light set with lots of comedy in it. Uh, we, in fact, in in invited members of LRR to be part of it. So, Kathy. Uh, Kathleen, among others, were able to actually write names and flavor text. So it, it was so exciting to be <laughs> to 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 be invited to do that because, like, when I found out that there was unsets, because I not I I started playing like later in in life. I was like in my twenties, uh, and so when I found out there's unsets, I was like, oh my gosh, there's unsets! How cool! And then the last unset came out, and I was like, wow, I. And at this time, at that point in my life, I then knew that there was something called like creative text. And it's like, God, I would love to write a funny magic card and like yeah. put words on the funny magic cards. This was like a, 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 a many year dream come true to work on the set. And it was delightful to work with you. And it was very educational to sort of see how other people's ideas come, come together and to just to like work as a group and bounce ideas. It was very fun. And, I love doing it. And the other thing that's very unique for people that have never written for magic is that it's like we show you the art and we show you what the card does, but there's a lot of like, how do I bring this all together? Like, how do I, I, I need to be funny, but how do I do that and make everything tie together in one cohesive thing? And that's actually, it's very challenging. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> definitely agree with that because, you know, sometimes like the art brief is like, so this is kind of the mood we're shooting for. And it's like, well, how do I say that in two words, <laughs> right? Ooh, can I get a whole sentence? Can I get two sentences of flavor text here? All right, we're world building now, right? You know? Yeah, so I, I'll give a good example. And this is a card that you you, you did the name and flavor text on. Oh. So I will set it up and then you can, you can deliver here. Um, so we, we made a card that was a milling card. And so the idea is whenever you cast it, you mill equal to the number, how many words are in the name. Normal match, you can't do that. So that's something we would do in an unset. Uh, and we put... We wanted, because it's a milling card, we wanted to somehow have milling representing the art. So we decided to make a little windmill from a mini a miniature golf game. So all that really happened is there's a milling card and there's a miniature golf game in space. Okay, we got to name this and we got to put flavor text on it. Yeah, so, the name yeah. has to be exactly six oh, yeah, words long. The name had to be six letters for mechanical reasons. It yeah. had to be six words long. Yeah, so I was just, when, like, I, I, I was just like, all right, I'm... I'm here. What am I going to say about this? I'm going to look at this and go, ah, how is this a party?
car three, right? <laughs> yes. So. Brilliant. And you do say that a lot when you're out golfing. Yeah. You'll be like, what? This is a par four? And like, you know, you think it's a par five or whatever. And this is the first magic card ever to have both an exclamation, a question mark and an exclamation <gasps> point in the title. The first ever. Yay! First ever for magic. Wow. We've had each, but not both together, so. Well, I feel like the question mark and, and, and exclamation point combination, you know, it gives like a powerful sense of like <laughs> almost being offended, right? <laughs> it's like, what? No. Just aghast. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and then so for the flavor text, we look at how many, like how much rules text is on it yeah. and how much rules text dictates how long it can be. So what we say to the, the writers is, okay, we got one line, two lines. You're like here we'd say, oh, we have about two lines. So, you, okay, you have like this much space to make your joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's good. It's like a you know, it's almost like poetry yes. almost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. A lot of revisions. <laughs> so and the, read the flavor text. That's a good flavor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Against the infinite backdrop of space isn't all golf miniature. Yeah, it's so good. It. so good. So good. Very, very good flavor text. <laughs> and if you look at the art, the great thing about I mean, I, uh, you have to go look if you're listening, you can't see it, but if you go look online, it, it is a crazy golf course because it's just in space, there's no gravity. It just the, the it's just a very crazy looking golf game. Seems yeah. like it would be miserable, honestly. To, like, More exciting. I don't know. Maybe it's the most exciting. I think Amphitorium is very exciting. I'm not saying it's necessarily safe. <laughs> I'm not saying you're getting the highest quality merchandise or anything. But I, I, I do. It looks fun. It is exciting at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Many things happen to you at the Astrotorium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, sort of, it's almost like Terry Pratchett-esque definition yeah. of exciting. <laughs> So one of the things that you mentioned a little while ago was like unsets give you an opportunity to take ideas that you've had, but maybe aren't going to work for various reasons. Are there any ideas that you got into Unfinity that you were able to be like, ah, yes, I've had this idea sort of tickling the back of my brain for so many years and finally it worked or I've always wanted to do a card like this, right? No, like for example, um, there's a card called Far Out. Mm. Uh, And so what Far Out does is a spell that lets you... Uh, in magic, we have modes. So I guess let me read it. Far out is two and a white enchantment. Rather than choose the indicated number of modes for spells and abilities you control, you may choose one or more modes. You can't choose any mode more than once. So we've been trying to make this card for years, right? It just seems like a fun card. Magic has a lot of modes. Well, what if you have a card that says, do all the modes? Yeah, that seems like a fun card. The problem is in the rules, uh, like there's a card called Outlaws, Mer- Outlaws Merriment. And the problem is it's a mode card, but it only makes a single token. So how do you make more than one state of a single token? So the rules can't handle that. And so, like, a lot of times we make things that, like, they work 99.9% of the rules and people understand, like, because people always say, I understand, I, I get it, I understand the card, why can't you make that? And like, well, there's this uh, certain kind of case where the rules can't handle it and Outlaws Merriment, the rules just can't handle it. Like, we, we made a ruling for on, on things, but... You know, and that's why we make uncards. Here's a really fun card. We try to make it forever. It's a fun card. And just the rules can't quite handle it, but humans can handle it. You know, just because the rules can't <laughs> handle it doesn't mean humans can't handle it. Because the, the weird corner case is never going to actually come up. Or I mean, it's one card out of 24,000 or two cards out of 24,000. So it's not going to come up much. Um, but yeah, this is a great example. Faro's a great example of a card that I've been trying to get in Magic since forever. And there's a lot of classic cards. Um, there's a card in Unhinged uh, that was called Staying Power. That we did a new riff on it in the set. That that uh, effects don't end till end of turn. I tried to get that in sets forever and just couldn't. Um, there's a card called um, 
uh, the count where you destroy target player. Oh, yeah. Door did nothingness originally destroyed target player, and the rules manager's like, we cannot destroy target player. You cannot do that. And so <laughs> I put it on an uncard. So, yeah, a lot of cards that end up in uncards are, hey, I tried to do it, and the rules just didn't let me do it. But I'm like, it's fun. Why why, why should people not be able to do it just because the, the rules can't handle weird corner cases? <laughs> let, let the people have their fun. So. I appreciate that. And then with this set, you do have the acorn, which is like, look, this is just doesn't work, but just enjoy it and have a good time. Yeah. It's not. And, and then, but you also have in this set, which is a change, you have some yeah. sets, some cards that do work eternally. How was it to sort of like balance that? Well, we, we decided very late in the process to do this. Mason, mm. We basically just made an unset. And then what happened was in between us making this and it coming out, Adventures in Forgotten Realms came out and they had added die rolling. And a lot of our set was die rolling. And I'm like, oh. so why why do I have die rolling that you just can't play with, but they have die rolling and like you can play with it in standard? Like, I did, it, like it just didn't make any sense. Like if my cards had been in their set, they were playable. And if they're in my set, they're not playable. So I'm like, why, why are we telling people they can't? Like the number one complaint I got about Unstable is, um, could you please remake this card and just put it in a black border? Mm. Like, like, could you make this art card so I can play it? I'm like, I, I did make the card so that you could play it, and, you know. And so <laughs> mostly what we said is why are we like if people if the rules can handle it, why are we telling people they can't play it just because it's in the set? Like, yeah, it's got a silly name, but magic has silly name. It's not like normal sets don't have silly names from time to time. Yeah. So um, yeah. we just, and so we decided this very late in the process and we didn't. I mean, we tweaked one or two cards, but like we mostly said, OK, what's already in the set that just the rules can work with and we make you know yeah. both the main mechanics stickers and attractions worked in the rules so we're like why not let people use it why why make it verboten just because it's in the set so that's why we did it excellent now and now we know that's that, that's very cool and it makes perfect sense and i'd never thought of it like that yeah. I, I know i've already seen people online talking about how like uh you know you can do very exciting things with dice rolling and like minoxa who's one of the legends and yes, stuff like yes. that so yeah there's a lot of i mean for example if you like die rolling cards there is in i mean almost all the die rolling cards i think there's one or two exceptions but most of the die rolling cards are internal and you can play with them and there's all sorts of things you can do now um, and hopefully we'll we'll keep making more and match more die rolling cards. I like die rolling cards. They're Me fun. too. Same. I loved when they were in the D and D set. That was really fun. So there's some there's some fun infinity facts for you. But in fact, because I'm a very professional person, I'm going to look at my notes and I'm going to say now it's time for Kathleen's prepared questions. The most um, <laughs> spontaneous section of the podcast. Fabulous. So off the top of your head, what, what were you? Yeah, off the top <laughs> of my head, just like, oh, here's a great question that I totally don't always ask. Um, this is a, a silly set. And you know what? Many people have silly, ridiculous, over the top, totally wild and bananas playing Magic the Gathering stories. Uh, I, the, the example I always give, because it is, it will, I will die and this moment will flash before my eyes, <laughs> is James telling me not to, to just go all out on an attack because there's no way Graham can like take me from 19 life to zero. And of course, that that, that immediately happened the next turn at, a, at the Avison Restored pre pre release. Um, so that was, that's like sort of my, like, that was a terrible beat, ridiculous bananas magic story. But now I am curious about what all of yours are. Oh man. Um, okay. <laughs> this one isn't playing magic, but it is magic related because it involves coming here to the pre-pre-release. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that when we landed in Vancouver and I went through passport control, um, that the border agent was very was very concerned that I was being catfished by you all. <laughs> um, <laughs> because you know, I'm like, he's like, what are you? I was like, he was like, what are you here for? And I was like, I'm seeing friends. And he was like, how do you know these friends? And I was like, oh, we we all play a lot of Magic the Gathering. And then he was like, have you met these friends in person before? <laughs> and he was like, how long have you known them? And I was like, gosh, I think 10 years. Have you met them in person? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, sir. <laughs> I'm not being catfished by my friends. That's... So. And then we felt we couldn't catfish her. So. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We were going to. We all had such plans. Exactly. Mark, Ixnay on the edit ray reader. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, 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 Maria, what's yes. your most fun magic story? Well, I'll give a commentating story. Um, this was the first pro tour that I did that I was on the news desk for. Um, previously I had done like life totals, tracking cards in hand on the feature match area on those little iPads. Um, but I was on the news desk and so I was very excited and extremely nervous. And this was pro tour Nashville, um, traveled there. And this is before my body had built up a pretty fierce immunity to any disease <laughs> from having traveled, you know, almost every single weekend of every single month for magic. So I got there and We'd have a day of preparation or whatever. And then I was like, oh, man, I do not feel good. Like, I feel I have a horrible scratchy sore throat or whatever. I have to go to urgent care. The number of times I've been to urgent care during magic events is altogether too high. <laughs> but this time I went and they're like, yes, you have strep throat. And I'm like, oh. no, this can't be happening to me because on the news desk, my first time on the news desk and like whatever. So we hadn't actually started the broadcast yet because we were just doing preparation. Um, and I'm like. I'm like, doctor, what can you do? Like, I need to go and do this show. Like, this is super important to me and I want to be able to do it. And they're like, well, I can give you some shots. And I was like, <laughs> do it. <laughs> I was Palpatine, do it. Uh, so basically they took the two largest needles I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm dramatizing this, but it was re really rather dramatic. And the nurse came in and just shot them both into my butt. Just like, Doosh. that was the plunger going down, by the way, the sound. And then like huge bruises on my butt for like weeks because it was just jammed in there. And she's like, good luck to you you know send me on my way i stayed in the hotel room i missed one day and then i was like not contagious anymore and back on set and did that pro tour <laughs> yep there you go what was it shots of um it would have been the the strep the strep throat uh, like, medicine yeah just it, some it's best not of... to ask <laughs> yeah no you, you know it's an antibiotic yeah, yeah it wasn't like they were Whiskey. giving me like <laughs> steroids or whatever Stero they just no. straight up gave Maria some uh, steroids yeah, like, no. these will make you feel invincible hey. kid yeah. Get out there, infect the whole crew, and you're going to feel like a million bucks, baby. Don't say Nashville never did nothing for you. <laughs> that was a disastrous trip because also oh. the day before, like when you were going to urgent care, yeah. I was spending the day walking around with some friends, and I just 
biffed it on a sidewalk and like <laughs> rolled my ankle so bad, like twisted my ankle, twisted the crap out of Did it. Did you guys see each other coming and going in urgent care? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'll see. Uh, I'm like limping in, Maria's like guess. limping out. Here we are. What are you here for? Shots urgent, in my ass. What are urgent, you <laughs> urgent care also gave me two shots in the butt for a sprained ankle. <laughs> this place is what? not here. <laughs> but you know what? It works. <laughs> Just some glamorous tales from <laughs> pro tour coverage everyone oh, that, oh my god <laughs> so mark when have you had to get shots <laughs> um so i mean I, I have a lot i mean i've worked on magic for so long i have a lot of stories but the one the one that my, one of my favorite moments that happened was in a play testing moment um i was play testing uh it was uh time spiral mm. and uh at the time we were trying a mechanic that didn't end up in the set, but uh, it was like a double tap mechanic. So you could tap it once, and then you could tap it a second time. So uh, and, and then it would only untap halfway. So the idea was... Was it, it tap twice? Did it yeah, go all the way yes, around? Yeah, it went all the way around. <laughs> and the idea was when you untap, you only untap one untap. So if you double tapped it on a turn, it would take two turns to get back to the full state. I tap it twice. love it. So it's like uh, kind of like proto-exert almost. So, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the idea was they were things that you would want to do twice. Right. Yeah. And so one of them was you tap it and you name a card and then you look at their hand and if it's in their hand, they have to discard it. Oh, okay. And the whole idea behind it is, well, you double tap it. So the first time I'm guessing, and maybe I make an educated guess, but but I look at your hand. So the second time, hey, I know what's in your hand. I want to guess something that's there. Right. Okay. Okay. So I had – so my opponent, uh, I was playing against Devin Lowe, who used to be a designer uh, in, at Wizards, and he had one card in his hand. So I know I can tap it twice. So the first time I'm tapping it, I, I can just guess, right? Um, and I know the second time, whatever it is, I'm going to see it. I'm going to get it. So I, I know I'm getting the card in his hand. So the first time doesn't mean anything. Um, and so I'm like, I'm just screwing around. I can say anything I want. It doesn't matter. So I say Sulkanar the Swamp King just because it's a funny. It's funny. <laughs> um, now, for those who remember... Um, that remember Time Spiral, there was a bonus sheet in Time Spiral where we had cards from the past. And Aaron Forsyth was in charge of it, and it constantly was changing. And so I had a rough idea what was on it, but it was constantly changing. So I didn't always know the full list. So I said to him, basically, uh, Sulkin on a Swamp King. And he goes, got me. No And I'm like, way. I just randomly named a card out of 20,000 cards, and I got <laughs> the card in your hand. I didn't know it was in the set. I didn't know. Like, I was just screwing around. <laughs> Um, and I was so excited I did a lap around the pit because I was just like, well, yeah. what, what is the chance I could randomly hit a, one card of all of Magic? So Unbelievable. Uh, that's amazing. Holy anyway. cow. <laughs> and look at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And by the way, I didn't want him to play Sulkin on the Swamp. Well, yeah, no yeah. way. No, that's what I knew he had. Good. Were you playing black? Was it going to be a problem for you? I don't even know. I, no, I mean, I, well, I mean, I was playing black because the card that was making it was a discard card, which by inherent had to be a right. black card. So yes, I was playing card. black. But all right. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was just one of those moments where like you just didn't see it coming from a mile away, and it was very exciting. Magic has those very exciting moments you just didn't see coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. When you rip exactly what you want off the top, it's the greatest feeling yeah. in the world. Yeah. When you don't rip exactly what you want off the top, it's every other turn. Yeah. <laughs> very true. <laughs> Life goes on. So there, there's there's some fun magic. I, I'm I just I'm really really personally invested in Infinity for some reason. I just yes. um are there any like I too invested in Infinity. <laughs> Speaking of like playtesting and stuff, do you have any like fun playtesting stories from Infinity that you could share? I do. I have lots <gasps> of fun ones. 
Um, so one of the ones, okay, so there's a card uh, called Gobsmacked where you pick somebody and then as long as you can see them, it's an arrest. They, they can't attack or block or use activated abilities. And so our rule in playtesting is we didn't say who the person was, just that you had to be able to see them. Um, so I picked somebody else who's playing with, like, in the room who's playtesting with us. And the person, like, after I picked them, the, the person who's unaware that they're who I picked, obviously, says, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. So they get up and they leave the room. And I'm like, no! <laughs> and so, like, I'm doing everything I can to stall because I don't, you know, obviously, like, as long as they're gone, this creature can attack. And I, I'm, I'm going to be dead. So I'm throwing everything in the way. I'm like, if I just can survive till they get back from the bathroom. And I'm like, you know, like, it all depends. How long do they take? Like, I, I can survive if they don't take too long. And they got back just in time for me to survive. And uh, and the thing that was the funny thing about it is as soon as the person leaves, I start laughing and everyone's like, what's going on? So I explained to the room what's going on. So everybody in the room understood and like everybody's waiting to see when they come back. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure they were like, why is everybody watching me when I walk back in? Great. Yeah, imagine coming so. back from the bathroom and everybody's like, Woo! Yeah! <laughs> you did it, Mark. It's like, I was the one who went to the bathroom. Like, what's going on? Yeah, one of the things that's always interesting is whenever we would do something that was very memorable, that was a big sign that like, oh, we, 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 we've done something. Like another fun story is there's a car called Phone a Friend mm. where you have to call somebody. I and love so, it so uh, much. and there's four choices you can, like, it's, it's, you know, you give them one of the four choices. So I'm playing, I forget what it was. Let's say it was B. Like, if, if my, if the person chooses B, I'm going to win the game. So I decide it's the first time anybody had ever used Phone a Friend ever. The first time in the playtest that came up. So I get it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to call my wife, my wife Laura. I'm going to call my wife Laura. Uh, and so the, everything stopped. I put it on my speakerphone. Like everyone's gathered around. And I call my wife and she's like, what is this for? I could just, you got to pick one. And she goes, what does it mean? I could just, just pick one. Yeah. She goes, I don't even know what this means. I could just A, B, C, or D. And she's like, C. Ah. Okay, thank you very much. And like, I, and I ended, I did win the game. I didn't win right away. I would have won that. Had she picked like B, I would have won that turn. Right. Um. And then I get home and she's like, what was that? And I go, oh, you know, and, and she goes, did you win? I go, yeah, I won. Had you picked B, I would have won sooner. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so. this card's great. Yeah, I hope so it happens. It. For those of you who are listening at home, phone a friend. Could you bring that back very quickly, James? Sorry, it's mm. three blue blue. It's a sorcery. And you just call someone. I like. I appreciate that it's a sorcery because you do have to phone someone. You yes. don't want to like interrupt somebody yes. at instant speed. Yep. Now, hold up. i got to make a phone call. But you call someone and ask them to choose one. So A is gain control of target creature you don't control. B is choose target creature you control and you create two tokens of it that are copies and c is take an extra turn and d is draw seven cards and when you phone the friend you do not explain what is going on it's yes. just a b c or d you didn't read the reminder text that says that <laughs> don't explain anything else you choose target oh yeah okay reading yeah. the card explains and the card <laughs> the other thing by the way is in the art um we thought was very funny uh there was i think in the um when we made the playtest cards uh, in um, what was the name of that set? There was a set where we made these like hand-drawn playtest cards. Oh um, yes, the, yes, yes. The mystery booster. The mystery booster. Yeah. And in that, there's a card where people are talking on the phone, 
and we liked that dynamic of like the two people with uh, the separation. And all we said was, well, one of the people should be Urza's uh, embodied, disembodied head because he's a oh, yeah, walker sure. from Unstable. Like, well, maybe Urza. And then I think they just put uh, like this merfolk that's having like car trouble or space trip trouble. Um, but anyway, so Urza managed. Urza's now gotten into three unsets. Urza's disembodied head was in uh, Unhinged, and he had a hot tub. Mm-hmm. He was in Unstable as a play t- uh, a planeswalker, yep. and now he's in as uh, on phone to friend. So beautiful. He is the character right. that I believe has appeared in the most unsets. <laughs> disembodied Urza. Still got those vocal cords though, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hanging down somewhere. <laughs> Just That's dangling the card yeah, behind the beard. <laughs> He invented something. Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does he still have the, at this point, does he still, well, I did, wait, does dis, does unset version of Urza still have the power stones in the No, eye? the unversion of, uh, it does not. He has a disembodied head, but no, he does not have the power stones okay. for eyes. I was going to say it, that. This is the Unverse where, like, like Jace, Jace uh, there's a spa- Jace Balaran, Space Balaran. Uh, in this, in the Unverse, which is a different uh, multiverse, right. he is, uh, he gallivants around space. Yeah. He's a space hero. So. I want to add now. Speaking of the real distinctions between the universe, which is separate than yeah. like the you know the normal multiverse, the normal multiverse yeah. Fibblethip is on a card. He's in to- like really totally lost or something like yes. that. Yes. Well, this is the universe version of Fibblethip. Okay, so this is this is not the ra- the normal Ravnica. I, I, I believe no characters from yeah. the real Magic universe here. They're their own versions in this multiple universe. So people have asked the question, by the way. If this is the universe version of Jace, does that mean that there's a real R versus of Comet, the the, the dog? <gasps> yes. There must be. It has to be true for the balance of all things. The balance. So, so by the way, we have a, for those that don't know, there's a dog planeswalker in the set who, when I say a dog, I don't mean like dog person or intelligent dog. It's a dog. Um, he like you know he digs up bones on Zendikar and buries them in Innistrad. You know so. he's been running around doing dog things. Honestly, dog he, so he's probably living a great life. Honestly, yeah. oh he's like a happy having dog. a very good time. He's like the I think this might be like a Canadian thing, but are you guys familiar with the Littlest Hobo? It's like a very old TV show that was on Canada. It was like a, it was like a German <laughs> Shepherd that would You're run around. You're making no this show up. <laughs> By the way, you can say well in Canada I just make something up. No, yeah. no, 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 it's true. He's like a problem-solving German shepherd that goes from town to town. Sure he is, Kathleen. <laughs> James, back me up on this. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Wow. Live like a bond. Oh, my goodness. I would cry every time. I was, of course, it's like old. So every time I saw yeah. it on TV, I would cry because I wanted the dog to have a home. And it's just like, I can still, re- I could sing you the theme song. Yeah, let's hear All right, it. okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does it go like this? I'm the littlest hobo, no, like, and I'm a dog. It's just like, maybe someday I'll want to settle down, but until tomorrow, I've got to carry on. It's like so 1980s. Oh it's so sad. <laughs> I'm sad right now. That's destroyed child Kathleen. Did you see the tagline of the show? It was like, until tomorrow, he's just moving on. Oh. <laughs> This dog wow. has seen some crap. You know what I mean? He's like, left the family, roving the countryside. Don't bother me, please. Thank you. I don't wow. think you could make a show like that today because, like, no. somebody would call animal control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't make so many of the animal movies we watched growing up. Like, I can't watch an, a movie with animals because of how scarred I am by all the movies with animals from our childhood. Whenever, mm-hmm. whenever, mm-hmm. by the way, I see a wacky TV show, I just imagine the pitch for the TV show. 
Like someone's in a room going, the fugitive, but with a dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I think there was once an article on the a sadly now gone website, The Toast, that was like the pitch meeting for Wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're bringing Wishbone up when we're here again. Yeah, I have yeah, I, back in my stand-up days, I did a whole bit about how there was one guy in Hollywood that would accept any pitch. And then I did a whole bunch of crazy shows, like, you know, saying, like, it's my mother, but she's reincarnated as a car, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> it's called the Oldsmobile. Yeah. Wow. Sick yeah. burn on his mom. <laughs> it's a prisoner war camp, but it's a wacky comedy. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah. I, I feel like they've made some of these shows since you they, quit doing stand they, they, They've made all these shows. Yeah. <laughs> Ergo the joke. <laughs> ah, all right. That was some fun development and interesting stories. Wow, we're completely off topic, but you know, it's really important <laughs> for like good podcast flows to abruptly change the subject back to your prepared notes. <gasps> all right. So this is, this is a question that I was like, all right, this is going to be a good one because it's really, really relevant. Uh, and then I totally forgot to do anything, but... This is like, since, you know, creative text and all that, don't know why I'd be so invested in it. Let me have my moment, internet. Um, everybody really like, people like, f names and flavor text become very memorable and become sort of mimetic and stuff like that. So does it, So does anybody have any like favorite cards names or favorite flavor text? I have text? a favorite piece of flavor text. I would love to hear your favorite So in fact, text. this flavor text has inspired more magic cards than any other piece of flavor text. You guys want to guess what it is? Wow. Th this card has inspired at least three cards and maybe more than three. But it's inspired numerous cards, meaning the flavor text existed. And from that flavor text, we made cards. I have a guess. Okay. Is it? Akhan's Run. It is. Yes. yes. Ah! The Lurgoyf. Akhan's Run. It's the Lurgoyf. So that was that. Last words of uh, Safi Eric's daughter. Yeah. Wow. In fact, we, we make a parody of that in, in Infinity. So um, on the card Killer Cosplay, mm -hmm. um, which I believe, oh, yeah. I think Graham wrote this joke. Graham wrote the um, flavor text for this. I I I I, 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 I tweaked it a little bit, but uh, um, so, so the good. so Killer Cosplay uh, shows a picture of a little bear cub, uh, literally it's modeled after the card bear cub, uh, and he's wearing a Tarmogoyf costume. Because Tarmogoyf has the same mana cost as him. And oh. the, the, you know, the card kill cosplay says green, artifact equipment. When killer cosplay becomes attached to a creature, choose a creature card name with identical mana cost. That creature becomes a copy of the card with the chosen name until cosplay becomes unattached from it. Equip three. So Graham figured out, oh, well, it's it's uh, uh, Tarmogoyf is a Lurgoyf. Oh, well, he's dressed up like a Lurgoyf. Let's make a reference to the one most famous flavor text of all time. And so the flavor text is, Ak Hans Run, get the ta camera, he's adorable, Steffi Bob's daughter, next words. Yeah. <laughs> this is really good. Great. Now, I I don't have anything to control. I don't know. I definitely like... Uh, I actually, I, can I, rather than go in all of Magic's history, I will say from this set, there's a flavor text that... Uh, Austin wrote okay. on the card that is like the the kid eating the Ashiok candy floss. Oh, questionable cuisine. Questionable cuisine. The, the which is text. not alliterative, even though it is alliterative. That that's the uh, 
Uh, we have a card that cares about alliteration, but we we said it's the have to start with the same letter. But technically, alliteration in English means it starts with the same sound. Mm. And this card starts with the same sound without the same letter. So it's the alliterative card that isn't alliterative. So anyway, sorry. <gasps> I I will I it's, and it returns two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand, uh, and you create a food token for each trash can that you can see from your seat. <laughs> Um, we'll have to like seed the moon base with some stuff when we do the the pre pre release. Actually, I'm just yeah. realizing, but the the There's flavor text for this is so good. May contain soy. May contain a deep void, chillingly hoarse and howling without voice. May contain gluten. <laughs> just like perfect use of the available space. This art is fantastic yes. too. Really good. Like Ashiag's head with like the smoke coming up as the you know candy. cotton candy or whatever. Really good. It's like so, excellent. I would so, buy that. So the story behind this, real quickly, is. When we did the, wor uh, the world push, which is uh, after vision design is done, we bring people in for three weeks to sort of build the world. That got made. At the Ashiad cotton candy got made during that. And we're like, oh, we have to use that. And so we <laughs> built a card around it because uh, we knew we wanted to have it. Um, oh, the other thing that's really fun about this park, by the way, is uh, they rip off magic. So the idea is that Myra the Magnificent... Um, we don't think she paid paid for it, but uh, it has the magic IP, so we can make fun of the magic IP. So the the park has the magic IP. She's Great. not paying for the magic IP, so she can pay her she can pay her employees better. That's the headcanon, yes. right? Yes, yeah. headcanon. She she's very good at her employees. Yes, that yes. that was that was like the one thing where like, what if we made it so all the you know like, <laughs> I just uh, anyhow, what I like about. The Ashiok cotton candy is that it's licorice flavored. I think personally, oh it's yeah, black. definitely. So it's still making people no, no, miserable, no, no. which yeah, I think terrible. Ashiok would yeah, approve would of. Really approve well, of. it is questionable cuisine. So I like licorice, though. I want licorice flavored candy floss. No. Yes, more for me. <laughs> Someone make this abomination and ship it to us, and then I'll take a flattened oh. disc of not <laughs> yeah. good candy floss anymore and say thanks for trying. Um, do you, uh, Megan and Maria, do you guys, or do you two have any, like, favorite cards, flavored names, flavor text, anything that you're just like, I like that? Uh, I don't remember which set it was from. I think it's from Innistrad Midnight Hunt or one of the associated commander decks, I want to say, but it's Ghoul's Night Out. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Ghoul's Night Out. Really excellent name. And not, it's it gets to be a pun and it's not even in an unset. Here it is. Uh, just really excellent. <laughs> A plus. Yeah, yeah I, I I like it when magic is able to push more into the fun space. Yes, so. absolutely. And I think it really fits um, because it is Gisa from Innistrad, and she seems like, you know, yeah, she's gonna have a cool she would night be out. about this. Yeah, yes. she's, she's having a great time. Look at that smile on her face. She's of of the you know of the minimal partying that probably happens on Innistrad. She's heading it up. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like probably pretty grim on Innistrad, but I feel like she li she's, she's like, constantly she's living like, her best this oh, yeah. place rocks. <laughs> yes, like, if she was a planeswalker, she still wouldn't leave. She, no, no, she'd be like, "This is my ideal locale." She gets to like, wasn't that her body surfing on a bunch of zombies or whatever? Probably. That you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, be. that sounds like Gisa. Sounds like something she would do. Oh shoot! There's some really good. Uh, speaking of Gisa and Geralf, uh, her brother. Yeah. There's some amazing flavor text that sort of develops their relationship. Yeah. Uh, a warped relationship. Yeah. There's like where, and I can't remember what the name of the card is, but it's like he's making a likeness of her, and he's like, and he's like, but it's like a gross, like stitched zombie oh, thing. Oh, this is in and, Crimson Vow. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And he's like, don't you like it, sister? And it's so funny, and yeah. it just like builds up this relationship so well. And I don't remember. 
anything about it because I didn't do my research. Sorry, James. Well, there is a great holiday card. He's a stitcher. She's a necromancer. Will they ever get along? (laughs) (laughs) From last last holiday, they had one holiday chopping, which is he's getting her a present and he's just giving her like an arm and and, and she's like, oh, thank you. You know, like, (laughs) oh, it's so sweet of you. And I'm like, I thought that was great too. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're last minute chopping. Sorry, last minute chopping. <laughs> Dear brother, I couldn't forget you if I tried, and I have tried. And he's giving her an arm. Oh, beautiful. I think she gave him the arm. Oh, she gave him yes. the arm. I see. Because he's a stitcher. She knows that he wants an yeah, arm he, for he need, whatever he, he's making. He needs the pieces to all stitch them together. That oh. was a, that's a good arm. She didn't have to give him that one. Yeah, no. she could have given him a way if she wrapped arm. it and everything. Yeah, really Where nice. are their parents in all this? <laughs> I don't think well, so I think you can answer pretty, that old question. Pretty, pretty far gone. Oh, I was hoping they just like moved to Hanweir and weren't taking their letters anymore. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we have not canonically said what happened to the first. They're just they're just living a real the, the most basic life you can live on in Estrad. Yeah. So you know, only killing ghouls and zombies every like couple of yeah, weeks. Exactly. You know, <laughs> laying low. I will point out um, the card from the D and D set, uh, Lurking Roper, which Megan did the flavor text for. Ooh. This I is this, this one is real good. If you all haven't seen this one, it might have flown under your radar because also this is a really fun flavor text in you know a normal standard set, which is you see stalag tights grow from the ceiling while stalag mites reach. So here's the funny thing: go. we did that same basic joke in Infinity on a card called Drop Tower. Um, there's six versions of Drop Tower, so oh. we can find it immediately. Oh, wow. Um, I was like, I don't remember this, but that might be why. <laughs> yeah, there's a very similar joke. I mean, the same, when I say a similar joke, I mean the same sort of structure setup. Yeah, the conceptual Um Yes, joke. conceptually, where someone is trying to a- explain that, you know, but but actually, yeah, here it is. Oh, actually, you can't so drop that, in space, yeah. but you, Great. <laughs> 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 I love you're calling out the technically correct people too. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a commentary about the but actually people. This is the type of ride that terrifies me the most in amusement parks also. Like I find like Tower like Tower of Terror, Power Tower, whatever flavor of it it is called at the amusement park. I hate the part where you're just sitting oh, yeah. waiting the for waiting them to drop is the hardest you. part. I think that that is the worst moment of any ride. So because this is the Astratorium, note that they are way, 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 way higher yes. than you would ever actually go Absolutely. on Absolutely. There's actually another drop tower has another piece of flavor text that's talking about how like once you're 200 stories up, you have another 80 stories to realize what mistake you've made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't. I, the thought oh, yeah. of, there it is. of, yeah. of mis- misattributing something. I feel like Graham or I may have written this one, but uh, no, don't take my words for it. But wow, it says, I yeah, want to so, go on so, it. Yeah, yes. we, right. 60 stories above the Astratorium. Attendees often wonder if they've made a mistake. They have another 200 stories to decide. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> How long enough. could your stomach be like that far above your head? Like, you know, because it's like a four, it's like a two second drop or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? But if you're dropping for like five straight minutes, what happens <laughs> to you? <laughs> like, is there some permanent damage to your yes. physical body? <laughs> I mean, like pulling G's disregarding. I just mean like for feeling that sensation for that long when you just like, I don't know. <sighs> anyway, yeah. that's for science to figure out. Yeah, one of the fun things of the set was we made a list of all the rides you expect to see, and then we just made crazy versions of, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a drop tower, like you would expect to see, except it's 260 stories high, you know. 
it's terrifying. I'm, right. I am like similarly like afraid of heights and do not want to go on that ride ever. Like we also did a log flume where, where the log is a tree folk that talks to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think, right. was that Sean Baby's flavor text? So it's well, just like, there's pop multiple, in. Yeah, there's multiple pieces. <laughs> it's, it's a rare, so I think there's two pieces of flavor text. Um. Oh yeah, this is the, the the one that James just pulled up is thanks for writing. Be sure not to leave anything behind. Just some tree humor for you, which I think was Austin's flavor text. And then the other one. <laughs> Desperately trying to remember because it's very important to me. And then yeah, keep your hands and feet inside me at all times and enjoy that. <laughs> you do an excellent reading of that flavor text. Uh, I did a I had a D and D villain once who was like a simic guy. I mean villain. He was a capitalist really, uh, but he had like a. <laughs> so <laughs> so Villain, but, ah, capitalist. He had uh, he had kind of a voice, so I got really <laughs> a great voice. It for great a while. voice. His name was Bubblox, and uh, he invented an amusement park, and uh, they had the rides, and everybody could. It's like you get to ride one in 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 the session, and it was mostly an excuse for me to talk about the rides. And I was like, "So, what ride do you want to ride?" And of course, the ride everybody picked was the Bubbler, because they wanted me to say it about eight times. But anyhow, enough of that. It's time to get on to, I know, the question that everybody's been waiting for. Yeah. The traditional Kathleen is here guest hosting with our guests. It's time for everybody's hot pepper food takes. What is your most controversial food opinion? Wow. Okay. I need to not start. I'm thinking about oh, that. Okay. Oh, I, oh. I, I have a controversial. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Mark. Um, often people, I'm a very picky eater. Hmm. And so people will go, give me an example of how you're a picky eater. And I'll like, I don't like fruit. And they're like, well, what kind of fruit? No, 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 no. Fruit. The entire category of fruit. Is it a texture thing? or? I don't know. I just don't like fruit. And, and people are like, there must be some fruit you like. I'm like, no, no, no there's no fruit I like. <laughs> and I'm with you that bananas are foul to eat just by mm -hmm. themselves. So, but anyway, I, I don't eat fruit. What wow. about cooked fruit, like an apple pie? No. No. No, wow. nothing. I... I, I, I if pushed, can eat a raw apple, but that 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 is the only fruit. <laughs> that is the only fruit. Don't. I mean, I don't normally do it, but like if I if I if you said to me, "Put a gun to my head, you have to eat a fruit." Okay, maybe I could eat a raw apple, but maybe. Uh, Did you hear that? <laughs> maybe. Not even a cherry Danish. No. no. Wow, that was like an emphatic. And, note. and by the way, I have what I'm not sure what to call, it, but you, you you have a food like, like like your nemesis, like your kryptonite. Yeah. Um, the the food that I have the most distaste for is bananas i just i cannot handle right. bananas I, I completely agree with you i am not a picky eater at all but there's just something about the texture of an overripe banana that it's just like just skin crawling i don't even like the color yellow so i i, I just do not like bananas. wow, wow. <laughs> strong banana scalding take i've got to oh, say yeah. yep. absolutely <sighs> um bananas know what they've done yeah they're not good uh my my scalding hot food take um, I could say the fact that, you know, I hate all pickles and all coffee, even though I feel like I wish I liked both of them, but I don't. But actual uh, hottest take is... I can is, hear Serge crying. Yeah, I know. It's it's disappointing <laughs> to me, too. Look, I'm I'm disappointed, too. Um, is the fact that we used to have this game we would play um, around the magic circles, which was you can only eat food from one country for the rest of your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which country do you choose? Japan. Italy. See, people slam Japan, Italy, yep. You know, it's like common. Now I'm going to ask you, what country do you think I windmill slammed, Kathleen? France. <laughs> no, that would be a smart that would, choice. That makes sense. They have England? Yes, it what? was the UK. England. 
and people are like what is actual wrong with you <laughs> they're like they're known for having terrible food but i'm like no they have all of my favorite food which is fish and chips um now that they might not make it great over there <laughs> okay but we can i'll make it and it'll be fine um you can have like good fish and chips fish and chips yeah yeah fish and chips um you can have like um uh, meat pies so yeah. like you can have shepherd's pie cottage pies i love all of that um those are good you can have strawberry shortcake, uh, which I think is delightful. Everything from the Great British Baking Show. That's true. <laughs> that's British and baked. You get all that. Um, I just think that my favorite food is like meat and potatoes. And like they do meat and potatoes. Like that's their deal. Mushy peas. You know what I mean? You could also get like a fine variety of like comedy food names. Like I would not be able to ever eat a spotted dick, but you can have a spotted dick. Yes, I get all the spotted dick a girl can want with my food country of choice. Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. Yes, bangers and mash. That's another one of my all-time favorites. You know what I mean? So I there, I don't have to explain myself to you people. <laughs> what is your food country of choice? Oh, man. I, it's, it's so challenging to pick. I think that I would probably pick, I think I would probably pick, like, Indian, I mm. think is my choice. That's a good country, because they've got a huge variety of they food. They have a really big variety of food. Like, people always oh, think, oh, it's really just, good. you know, one kind of, but it's like, no, no, the, no, the, you what you get here so is, like. so many kinds of, like, like, dumpling dishes, and, like, vegetable pancake dishes, and then curry dishes also. And, and like, like, different types of yes, curries. Yes, like, very saucy curries, 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 or, like, dry curries. Yes. Birani, like. Saucy curries. I, I saucy think, curries. I think I, I think I, I think you actually have the superior play here. I'm regretting <laughs> like, my instinct choice. It's like, I, I stand by good Italy. about it. Italy's also very strong. Yeah, Italy's a great, Italy's a great pick. Japan's a great pick. Like, but as you can see, oh. everyone thinks I am wrong. <laughs> we can all agree. It's, yeah. I, it's found, like, I found a vector in which you had <laughs> chosen wisely. <laughs> I'm helping. Thank you. All right. Um, we gave yes. you time. All right. Mine is controversial. Okay. Um, cold Pop-Tarts are not worth eating. You're trash if you eat a cold Pop-Tart. I agree with and that. And it tastes like trash. Yes. They should be Only a little bit hot. burnt. Yeah. You got to toast them. Or else. Burnt. Slightly. You know. <laughs> just left in there maybe 15 seconds too long. You know, I like, I would prefer that over a cold, like, it's just, cold, it is straight it. up not worth eating. It is a bad experience. You know, when I was shopping for my daughter and uh, being an adult, I have not eaten a Pop-Tart in years. But at the time, she was five. And I was like, oh, my God, you know what she would love? Pop-Tarts. Yeah. You know what I also now want to eat? Pop-Tarts. Pop -tarts. Yeah. So I got some strawberry Pop-Tarts, like yeah. the kind with frosting on, because unfrosted Pop-Tarts are also not worth eating. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Don't kid yourself. Just have the frosting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, they were served for uh, dessert. And she's like, aren't these a breakfast food? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> not this in is any case. putting on some rules. Although I will also say this. Okay. Here's a hotter take about it. Um, the fruit flavors are also the only ones worth eating. <gasps> like yes, Boston cream pie, s'mores, cinnamon, all that here. weird trash. Get out of here. Does, does not belong. A Pop-Tart is a fruit-filled, icing-topped situation. Is it only. a sandwich, though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I fall just on the alignment, on, this, on, like, on the chart of it. I am the yes on the Pop-Tart. So so best kind of fruit Pop-Tart? 
Uh, cherry. Cherry. Yes. I think you might get some exotic Pop-Tart flavors down in the States that we don't get in Canada because we've got like strawberry or blueberry and then it's like chocolate or s'mores. Oh. Have you ever seen a cinnamon Pop-Tart in your life, James? What? Boston have... cream? Oh, there's a lot. There cherry? Are... No. In America, yeah. we have a wider variety of Pop-Tart yes. flavors. You yeah. see that game shelf right there? Like, yeah. That's my Our Pop-Tart that's aisle. Pop-Tart selection. <laughs> like that full shelf is like uh, the range of Pop-Tart options that you are offered. Wow. So the- Penelope didn't like them that much, so I've stopped buying them. Yeah. Now, this is why people aren't buying them in Canada. We don't have a taste for them. And you know why? Because <laughs> we don't get the good flavors like Boston <laughs> yes. cream. The other okay, trend that's going cream. on down, I don't know if they have up here, but down in the States is the cross-branding, like Oreo Pop-Tarts. No. Yeah. yeah. You're forbidden to have that much fun in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you do get That's to go to the, the hospital fact, without paying a million I believe not only do they have Oreo well. Pop-Tarts, but they have Pop-Tart Oreos. Okay, the Oreo. Okay, I've got a controversial <laughs> food take, actually. Yeah. Oreo's gone too far. <laughs> yes. That is, that is so true. How yes. is that controversial? Yes. They've gone too far. I know some people who are like, all right, new flavor of Oreo. Time to try it out. It's like no. they all taste like no. plastic. They all taste like sweetened plastic. Stop encouraging Oreo. Yes. Oh, I, I, I would take, uh, if they made something more stuffed than mega stuff, I would eat it. Oh, <laughs> wow. I would rather have less cream filling in the Oreo, yet the same they, cookie. They make oh. that. It's thin, thin. I was, I, no, no, no. Uh, no. Because both ratios yeah. are smaller. I oh. love Oreo thins. I think that Oreo thins are maybe the best Oreo. Oh. <gasps> I love mega stuff. <laughs> wow. See, we can all live together in this world. Yes. Wow, we all get along. I'll give half of my cream filling to Mark, and he can have his triple stuffed Oreo, and I'll have my more cookie than cream filling, and it'll be perfect. So it's just like a, do you just like, like a whisper of filling almost? Yeah, <laughs> a memory. Maria likes to open the Oreo, peel it off, but know that it was there. It was but there. I, I do agree that Oreo has gone a little out of limits. Like, I think, for example, I keep seeing new Oreos, and they're just like, it's banana cream pie Oreo. Like, what? Like, what are you doing, Oreo? Yeah. You don't, we don't need limited edition cookies. Will you also not eat fruit flavor ring, like, you know, like a strawberry Pop-Tart? I, I will eat fruit flavored candy. Okay. Um, <laughs> although I will not eat banana flavored anything. <laughs> Did you have, like, a bad experience with, like, banana antibiotics as a kid? Is this where this came from? I don't know where it comes from. I, I, don't, I don't ever remember eating banana. It's not like yeah. I, in my youth, I loved bananas and then I had a bad banana. No, I just never liked bananas. I have a story <laughs> like that with root beer schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> root beer schnapps. I feel like any story with root beer schnapps is probably going to end up like that. That's a bad one. <laughs> Everyone only that, has one experience yeah. with root beer schnapps. That's the ending of all stories with root beer schnapps. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up for our you know, ridiculous and very controversial and accurate 100% food takes and all of the other things that we talked about. So once again, I want to say a big thank you to our panel of guests, Mark, Maria, and Megan. Please check out all their cool stuff. Mark, where can people find you if they're like, boy, I need more of him? Mm -hmm. If you're not getting it. um, (laughs) So I have a weekly column called Making Magic that's on the Magic website. I have a weekly podcast called uh, Drive to Work also on the Magic website. Uh, I have a, a daily blog called Blogatog that you can find on Tumblr, uh, and I'm on Twitter at Maro at Maro two five four, and so I'm constantly there. So it's hard to get away from me. Perfect. Go <laughs> seek him out in uh, in all mediums. 
And uh, Megan and Maria, where can people find more of your delightful opinions and discussions? Serious, actual, like, serious discussions about magic. <laughs> I'll say m- mild, m- mildly serious yes. to, to sometimes mostly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a podcast called Good Luck High Five, which is weekly. And then we also have a news podcast that's uh, all of the magic news you need in 10 minutes or less called The Upkeep. Yes. That's out every Monday. You can find them wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. Our website's goodluckhigh5.com and all the stuff is on there too. And on Twitter, we're at GLHF Magic. So come follow us and be our friend. Very cool. So, in addition, now that you've found out all that and you're going to go follow all these people, don't forget to support us by going to our sponsor's website, cardkingdom.com. Say, Loading Ready Run sent me button, please. And they'll send you a button that said, cardkingdom.com, a constitutional monarchy of cards. And if you're still like, boy, I just love financial support, why not try direct financial support at our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Uh, I think that about does it for this episode of Tap Tap Concede. Thank you all so much for joining us. It was a blast having you. And uh, we'll... See you next week. Bye, everybody. 